Hello, everyone. Welcome to the EUG podcast. I'm here with a good friend of mine, Johnny Munoz. Johnny, What's thank up, you brother? for coming, brother. No, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. And yeah, let's do this. Let's thing. go, right? Um, obviously, I've known you for a long time, right? We used to have uh, Arch Nemesis, right, Rivalry, with your cousin. Right? We were grinding, <laughs> and uh, Kennedy would fight Glue all the time, beat him. I still remember that day where Glue beat him, and uh, Kennedy had to fight for third. Yeah. He was so mad. He threw his medal on the ground. Didn't want to fight for third. I'm like, bro, you get your yeah. ass over there, go fight. You know, take your losses. But man, yeah, man. I, you know, it's been a long time. Now you're in the UFC. You know, grinding. Um, let's let's start by talking a little bit about your upbringing. I know your father very well. You know, he's done an amazing job raising you and oh, leading you. you to to where you're at today. Tell me a little bit about your upbringing. Yeah. So I mean, I grew up. I was born in Corona, California. For people who don't know. Uh, I grew up in Norco, which is, stands for North Corona, which is just a little town over. And I don't know, when people always ask me about, like, my upbringing, what was your childhood like? You know, when you get most guys, they're like, I grew up in the street, or everybody wants to be a gangster, right? right. <laughs> I always say, man, like I, like, I grew up in the gym. That's where I really grew up. And it wasn't by choice. Um, and I never really got into much trouble as a kid. Like, I was out and about. Um, you know, my parents, like, were always working. Like, like I remember my dad, like, had, like, three, four jobs uh, coming up. Like, I've seen him come up, you know what I mean? And, like, growing up, like, I knew, like, we didn't have much, but my parents were always there supporting. Mm-hmm. And then just seeing him get to to where he is now is just, like, incredible. Like, it's like a success story, you know what I mean? Right. But, yeah, I mean, growing up, I was just, you know, I, liked to, I always liked to go outside. Like, I grew up like a typical 90s kid, you know what I mean? Like, right. I was... Born 1993, I was always outside riding bikes, playing with dirt, like drinking out of the water hose, you name it, man. <laughs> That's what I did, you know right. what I mean? And Grab your slingshot, go outside. Grab the slingshot. Grab some rocks and yeah. slang them. All that stuff, man. Nice. Like creativity, and that's what's missing these days with kids. Yeah. And But I yeah, I mean, I grew up like doing that kind of stuff. And then I started doing jujitsu around five. Um, and at the time, too, like the thing with that was... There was no kids doing jujitsu like at that time. Right. Um, it was very rare. Like you see a kid doing jujitsu. Um, so I was like literally doing training with my dad, like one on one, or he'd make me do the adult classes. And I remember I hated it, man. <laughs> Fucking hated it. And your dad, bro, when he he's a grinder. Yeah. And he's old school, and he he'll push. And yeah. Um, much respect to him. He's built a, a a great school where he's at today, and he's still there. Yeah. You know, still grinding. You know, so you're you know. He's helped you a lot get to where you're at today. And, again, it just shows, you know, the achievements that he's created. Also, he's trying to pass that on to you as well. Yeah, no, he's, like, my dad, like, not only is he my coach, but he's, like, my coach in life, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like because of him, I have a good foundation everywhere. Like, um, you know what I mean? Like, I've never really been in a lot of issues, I think, because just what he taught me. Plus, jujitsu. obviously, I was always in the gym training. And he just always, like, like, taught me street science you know what i mean right. how to be smart watch your surroundings you always got to keep your eye out on things you know know when to get out of situations so it's like i didn't grow up like that life like he did but like he really instilled that in my mind it got you up on game yeah so like <laughs> i'm game. aware of things like you know i'm sure like you know right. you know what i mean like most people don't know about that stuff, but it's about being educated like in the street yeah. in that sense you can be book smart but street smart 
it's helps a lot. Things. It's either, a different thing. You either learn it by being in there or because your homies or whoever, uncle, dad, maybe passed that right. knowledge on to you. <laughs> so it's like I'm just very aware of, of little things. I don't know what to recognize. So but nice. my dad's like an OG. And then you started doing jujitsu at the age of five. Yes. You said, oh, I, all right. Not that you wanted to do it, but kind of forced into it. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that, the, your jujitsu career. Yeah. So, I mean, like I started like at five and I was actually doing judo first because hmm. it was similar. My dad was taking me to judo. He would do judo too, as well as the jujitsu. Right. So, but with judo, like it's well established. I mean, you go to right. like a gym and there's a bunch of kids in there. You know what I mean? Right. You find like the right location. So I was in there with like with a bunch of kids, and I hated it, man. Like I was just always that kid. I'd rather be left alone. I liked like socializing, but I was kind of a shy kid starting out. You know what I mean? I was like, man, I don't want to do this. And like the instructor would take me to the side, like teach me how to break my fall. So I always felt like, man, they're all watching me. You know what I mean? Like I'm off to the side where all the other kids are doing the throws and all that (laughs) stuff. And then eventually I got to that point, and then I was doing the jujitsu, which my dad was teaching out of his garage back in the day. Mm. And so I was doing that, but I hated it. I was like, cry, I don't want to do this. My dad's like, no, you're going to do it. And I remember like certain sessions, I wouldn't get the snake move, the quarter turns, change your base drills. Right. My dad would just like yell at me, nah, you got to do it this way. And I was just like, fuck, man, this is so... I don't <laughs> it, wanna... mu- it must be hard having your father as your coach, right? Yeah, it was I, I mean, I, my dad had his, his own business and... I just couldn't work with my dad, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, bro, dad, you know what? It's better if I just go do my own thing. Nothing against you. I just like felt that way. But you guys have built a yeah. great bond together. And uh, man, it's gotten you, you know, far yeah. in life. I mean, and we just did that. And like, I didn't really, I was just like doing it. I was like, I can't get out of it. You know what I mean? I can't mm-hmm. crap on my dad. Like most kids know when they could like shit on their parents. You right. know what I mean? But it was just like. I got to do it. Like, I'm I'm scared of my dad. You know what I mean? I had that fear, not because, like, he beat me up or anything like that, but just because, like, that fear because you respect your dad. You know Correct. what I mean? Like, shit, if I pop out of line, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I gotta, he's the real deal. Yeah. I know him. He's a straight shooter. He'll <laughs> tell you exactly like it is. If he yeah. doesn't like you, he'll tell you. Yeah, he's real I, like I know that. him very well. Yeah. So, um, you got your black belt. You decided, hey, I want to get into MMA. Where Where was that? Where did you, like, think about, hey, I, I want to do MMA. I want to try this. Yeah, well, I think where I really found the passion was about, I think, I want to say, like, n- eight, nine years old. Oh, really? Somewhere around. That's oh, when wow. I really wanted to fight. So I started training at five, but I hated it. But I knew I had to do it twice a week. But, you know, you do anything over time, you get good at it. So right. other kids started coming, and, like, I beat other kids. I was like, oh, I started getting confidence, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. Like, I think I'm good and then uh like other kids would have come in i remember like these kids came in like their dad said oh my kids fight pancreas they do all these tournaments all this stuff so i was like man i'm scared of these kids but they came (laughs) in i rolled them up and i was like just gave me confidence i don't know if the dad was full of shit but 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 it gave me confidence but it was still a thing i was like oh you know i'm kind of good at this but i always used to go to watch fights with my dad like back in the day and Mm -hmm. ufc back in the day pride was on what like not even once a month. It's rare that there was a fight. So it was like, now it's like every weekend. Right. So like I'd go watch the fights. I was like, oh, that's cool. But what, like, what really caught my attention was like watching Pride fighting. Because mm. the way the fans were over there, it was like a spectacle. Right. Seeing Rampage, Sakuraba, the crowd going wild for him. I was like, man, I want to do that. That's exciting. Yeah. And also as a kid, I always watched pro wrestling. 
So I seen like a, yeah. So I seen I was like, I want to be that where people are cheering for me. You know what I mean? But then yes. I saw fighting. I was like, well, I'm training. I think I could do that. Right. And then so I was like, I want to do that. And then like I told my dad that he said, well, you're a kid, you can't fight, but you just need to stick to the jujitsu, compete in tournaments to get the experience. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. So then I started, I did my first tournament, won, and like as a kid, I was like on a win streak. So that's why I was, I took jujitsu because I wanted to fight. It wasn't because I liked jujitsu. But right. the thing was, I'm very competitive. Anything I do, I got to win. So like, I kind of fell into jujitsu, the sport of it, for the competitiveness. You compete, right. you know what right. I mean? And then I lose one, fucking piss me off. I got to, right. then I go on a win streak, whatever. Then as a kid, like I was pretty dominant. Then I got my blue belt did the Pan Ams, and then I took third. I lost by a ref's decision uh, to a buddy, Brandon Walensky, which he's a close friend of mine. Now <laughs> we're close friends by the time yeah. we had a rivalry. Right. And then I, I took his ass out later nice. in Nogi Worlds. But, nice. uh, but we were one-on-one, -on -one, but like we were like like best friends now. But then I got my blue belt, won like Nogi Worlds with a blue belt, then got purple belt, uh, won like Worlds purple belt, brown, all the way up. And I had like rivalries. Uh, like with like the Meow brothers, like everybody. So it's like I was always competing, but I always MMA was always the first passion. But I got competitive in the jujitsu. So like I, the Meow beat me w one year, and I was like, Fuck, I need to beat these guys. Like everyone's gunning for like the Meows. So I got stuck in there. Like what do I need to do? So focused on the sport, the Baron Bolo fifty fifty guard. Right. Then it just got to a point where like once I got my black belt, I think it was SJJF Worlds when they first had it with money or something. Right. So so I did it. And I won the brown belt, my division, then the open. Mm. And then I got my black belt on the podium that year. Nice. And then I competed a few little terms with black belt, but I was like, I, I need to fight yeah. now. Like, I'm, right. I got my black belt at 20. And I was like, I, like, I need to fight now. And I worked at strike in a little bit, like, not, like, consistency, consistently, but, like, 17 to 19, doing mm -hmm. a little bit. But then after at 20, then I just really took it full board. Nice. Um, and then you started, obviously you needed to add your wrestling, um, your boxing. How many amateur fights did you have before you went pro? Only three, but man, those should have been pro fights. I don't even know why they were amateurs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause they were, were they the same ones? rule set, same no shin guards, nothing. I won them both like the first round. I think one, two by submission. Yeah. Two by submission, one by TKO. But yeah, I don't like, like they were amateur, but they should have been pros. Like it was literally <laughs> it was the same the shit. It didn't right? make sense. Did you do you feel like you like people should uh, do a couple amateur fights before now that you know it's it's been you know around a little bit more? I feel like a lot of kids, if they want to get into it, they need to have like sure. that experience. The sitting in the back, the throwing up, the nerves, the walking. I think that's important. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I think for sure, like now because the sport's growing more. So there's actually good like amateur shows like where you get experience. They're actually legit. I've seen like some amateurs. Like, Man, these guys are pretty good. You know what right. I mean? Because now too, before you could go pro like your first pro fight, right? And then if if you could fight like a a guy that's not very good, they don't know any training. Mm -hmm. But nowadays you're fighting debuters like they know everything, like yeah. a little bit of everything. So it's, it's not it's the the sports like really leveling up so i think it, i advise like amateur fights now for sure but it also depends if you're like a stud wrestler stud jujitsu person if sometimes it's hard to get those fights as an amateur so maybe you got to go pro that's true so. there, there's been a problem with some of the some of my students that yeah. they try to we get you know a fight and we're like we're ready i mean 
nine people decline and it's like yeah. come on so it's tough i i totally agree with you so you went fought uh at the king of the cage yes. where you were the champ how did that that progression through king of the cage work out for you yeah it was good man all I won all my fights there i was undefeated in king of the cage prior to ufc and yeah I, king of the cage was a good organization you know what i mean like it was sanctioned like everyone had to be cleared right uh, i had a lot of like opponents though that i was supposed to fight like ufc veterans but like almost everyone i fought pulled out like mm. week, weeks prior so i was like most of the people i fought were like <laughs> short notice you know what i mean Interesting. most of them so it was always like man i don't even know who uh, much about this guy so it was always like can't take no chances right and but it was a good experience there like, i had some some tough wars there that helped me with experience wise i think it's important as a fighter that you get into those scraps some wars uh, going five rounds, going three rounds distance where the mm -hmm. guy, you hit the guy or you're taking the guy down, you put him in an arm bar, he gets out. Right. I think that helps you mentally because you need that experience before you go to the UFC because if you don't have that experience, you jump in there, UFC is a different ball game. Right. Man. And, Everyone you, in there is and you were the champ for King of the Cage. Yes, I was right? the champion in King now, of the Cage. What weight class was that? 135. 135. Yes. And then you got the call. Yes, then I got the call. So after I won the belt, I fought one more time after that. And then I was supposed to fight again, but the pandemic hit. Mm. And then that was in March 2020. And then uh, Jason uh, Jason House, my manager, was telling me, all oh, get ready because UFC, that's when they started doing the fight island thing. Or they're right, having, right. They're no last one, minute. Yeah. Let's go. So whatever. So I was going to get signed originally to fight in, I think, April or May. Mm -hmm. And then so I had like a two months notice, so it would have been good. And then, but then they shut it all down. Mm. That's when they were going to go, but they shut it really? all down. Fuck. So everything got shut down. So I was like, man, so I, I didn't even know what was going on. Right. And then I told Jason, so are we in? And he's like, I don't know yet. But they just shut everything down. So I was like, oh man, this is horrible. So, right. and then, but then like a month went by. Then that's when the fight island thing, Dana said he had a, a secret location, whatever. And then, so I was just waiting. And then, then finally it was August. Uh, on a Thursday, he called me, hey, you want to fight Saturday? I was like, man, I just freaking trained so hard right. today. It was hot, dehydrated. Right. So it was one of those things. I was like, man, but like, I, I want to fight. Like, I want My goal is to be in the UFC. And it's one of those things. Like, Do you take last-minute fights to get in? Or it, it really depends, man. Like, If I had to go back and do it again, I probably wouldn't change nothing because I think even when things don't go your way, you gain experience. True. So let's say if I just, you know, I'm not going to throw the dice. I wouldn't have got the experience I have now. Right. So, like, it is what it is. But, I, you know, I took it with the circumstances. Thursday night, drove out to Vegas. Had to do, like, a bunch of COVID testing, USADA testing. So right. I had a fight week literally in one day rushed in there. Crazy. So what people do in a week, they threw it all at me on one day. One day. So I didn't get to really enjoy nothing. It came so fast. Yeah. And then I had a cut weight too, but we fought at 145. Was, I was told Jay, I'm not going to make 135. There's right. no way. So we did 45 and whatever took, got fought. And it was a close fight. It was a fight I feel I won. I feel like a lot of people in the media thought I won, but it wasn't my best performance. But I felt like for the preparation that was there, I thought I it thought was you enough. won that fight. I thought yeah. it was like, man, but again, judges nowadays, it's, it's very hard. And the thing about judges is that, 
they don't know yeah. what goes on on the ground. They yeah. just see they're more of boxing judges. So they see one person get knocked down and they say, okay, that's a 10-8. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I think they need to change that. They need to, they need yeah. to fix that. And, and it's rare they don't give 10-8s to like grappling. Grappling. Like for the first round could have been a 10-8 because I easy. slammed the dude, pounded him out. And most people see that clip. They thought, was that fight stopped? Like I won, you know what I mean? Right. Ref didn't stop it. Some refs, I think, would have stopped it on the on the ground and pound. Right. But I was like, man, that's that. I feel like when you're when you're in danger or someone's being that aggressive on you, where the fight could be almost stopped, that's a ten eight. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. But I mean, it is what it is. But I can't change it. It was a good experience. And, and got your foot in the door. I got my foot in the door. Right. So awesome. Um, you have a fight coming up, right? Yes. Um, you're fighting a a, a wrestler. Yeah. Um, tell me how's preparation been? Um, how you feeling? You know, this is your third fight on your contract. Fourth, fourth fight fourth on fight. your contract. Yeah. Tell me how you're feeling going into this fight. Yeah, I feel real good for this fight, man. Focus, everything. Honestly, I feel, this is how I feel that when the times I had success, like MMA, even take it back to jujitsu, I feel like this is like the mindset where I'm at. So I feel. Real good. Like, I, I know myself, even, like, the people close to me know me, too. But I feel like this is where I'm at, like, when I'm, like, razor sharp, ra razor focused, like, ready to kill somebody. You know what I mean? So I, I feel real good for this fight. He's a wrestler. Everybody in the UFC is tough, but I know I'm tough, too, man. So I'm just going to go in there and do my thing. And the thing is, like, 135, somebody, I was talking to somebody about this, like, murderer's row, man. Like, everyone in, there, in that division is a killer. But... I know there's everyone and there's a killer, but I'm a killer too. So I just got to kill off these killers to, you know, to eliminate people out of this division. Yeah, so. no, this is probably one of the hardest divisions to deal with. I yeah. mean, you see some of these guys in the Dana White contender, they're coming out strong as yeah. well. So, again, one of the toughest divisions in the UFC. Sure. Um, if you had a message for the new generation, um, what would it be? Yeah, so like. My, like, message advice would be, like, be smart with your career, you know what I mean? Like, really two things it comes down to, like, don't trust everybody, you know, trust your circle, and you got to feel right about your circle, but be honest with your circle. You know, if something don't feel right, you got to talk to them. Or if there's some shit going on in your life, you got to right. be honest with your circle. If something don't feel right about a fight, a Pacific opponent, you know, it's not that you're being, like, a, a bitch yeah a bitch <laughs> but you got it's your career absolutely like you're a fighter but you got to be a businessman too i know everyone oh, i don't i take any fight but dude no. the problem with that is you're not going to be fighting your whole life you know what i mean fighting's a short window so if you do not do this right like after fighting you don't want to be that broke fighter on the street doing nothing you know what i mean so my biggest advice is you know be smart who you trust make the right decisions on who you fight it's a business if something don't feel right, like pull out of the fight, whatever, you got to make sure you're 100% focused if that guy's trying to kill you. Be smart with your money. All the money you earn, don't spend it. Spend it on things you need like food, uh, investments. You know, make that money grow. Don't buy stupid cars. And talking about investments, you made a great investment. You Obviously, you train at Interim Gym, but you guys travel back and forth. But you also bought some properties, you know, now that you're talking about investments, you buy your own property in Tijuana yes. to have your own place. Yeah, to know? be comfortable, man. And the thing about that investment too, Tijuana's like for people who don't know, it's booming over there. You know what I mean? Right. So it was a, it was a smart buy, bought at the right time. Now, like 
if I for some reason wanted to sell it, I'll get my money back and plus money. more money, like absolutely double the money now. You Correct. know what I mean? So it's, those are good investments like that. And like now, I'm trying to work on getting something out here in Vegas. So I like to come out here a lot, and I like to be comfortable. Right. So I mean, that's my advice: be smart with your money. This is a career, man. So like, you got to think like a businessman. And at the end of fighting, what are you gonna do? Like to me, this is like school. It's like college. You know right. what I mean? You're fighting. But what, what what degrees are you gonna have at the end of this? Are you gonna be a jiu-jitsu black belt? Right. You know, you could open up a school that'll make you some money, um, and just be smart how you handle this. You gotta you gotta think like a business because I know so many people like they go broke after fighting. It's sad. Yeah, and then they end up teaching in the class, making like uh, all money. But man, you have to be able to show something for yourself after the career. Like man, I did this, but then what? Yeah. The window starts closing at 35. Yeah. You still have to live to see 70, 80 years old. You're yeah. going to teach until you're 80 years old? So I think that's something that uh, you hit the right on that some athletes don't understand. Hey, make your money, invest it, and then, again, that way you won't have to work. You exactly. know, Set yourself up for success. That's what it is. You got to let your money work for you. you yeah. know? Don't let the material things work against you and take everything, you know, you want in life. Yeah. And again, like I said, your dad did an amazing job of raising you and teaching the ropes, teaching you the right way. That, that's yeah. very important. Um, any shout outs or any to your fans, to your sponsors, anything you want to, you want to shout out there? Yeah. Just, you know, shout out to, you know, my dad, my coach, he's been there for me day one. Like mm -hmm. the realest dude I know, not just because it's my dad, but that dude is like a real motherfucker, man. True. <laughs> I believe I, I agree with you hundred percent. I yeah. know the guy. Yeah, there's not too many like real no. people in this, but like there's there's a few and you know I mean he's one of them. And yeah, that's and the shout out to like to sequence, you know, that's my gym since day one. Um uh, even everybody at Entrum Gym, you know, every, my team here in Vegas too, you know. We don't really have a team name, no. but Lo, uh, they we, they call us Los Piores Nadas. So that right? It's all good. Brandon Moreno, Brandon the crew, Marino, Hector Vasquez, everything. You know what? It, you know what I like about our team here in Vegas? There's we just come in here and and, and work. That's it. We we don't have nothing to prove to nobody. We're not a team. We're just here to help each other that's grow, about. and that's the way it should be. Yeah. I feel like. Um, we've built a great relationship, and everybody helps everybody prepare themselves. And um, that's one thing I like about the little crew. It's small, but, yeah, but good it's quality. Effective. It's effective. Qual quality over quantity, yep. for sure. Yep. Well, brother, thank you so much for joining me. Again, thank you guys for watching. Follow this guy, Aquitamos. He's Aquitamos. here in the building. Let's go. That's all.